0: So tell us your secrets, no, I'm just, <laughs> uh, just to give a little context, because people are at different stages in relationship, right? Um, just to kind of give a lay of the land, like, okay, um, are you with a partner? Um, how, how long have you guys been together? And maybe just a little bit a short version of the story, Ben, of like the the, the the coming together. And was that like planned? Did you go after it or did it just sort of happen? Um just so people get a context of kind of where where you're at with this, because it's you know someone's been in a relationship for three months versus thirty years, it's a different story, right? So, okay, so well, let's hear from uh, uh, you. Go ahead, Jacob. What what would you? Can you share a little bit about the origins and um, and where you're at in the in the relationship?
1: Sure. Yeah. So uh, I met my partner, I'd say about three years ago, and. You know, they say uh, love at first sight, sometimes you, you kind of know, and this was the exact opposite. I was like, oh, like really sweet woman. And also, like, I, I don't think there's much here, but just continue to stay open to the experience as it unfolded and just kind of check in and say, OK, well, does this feel good to me? Let me see what presents itself and continue to be connected to my truth Um, and yet also be open to what life was, was presenting and showing me. Um, So uh, I'll give this super uh, broad strokes here, but um, yeah, very much said, uh, I am not looking to be in a relationship um, at, at uh, kind of, you know, very directly and, and somewhat early on. And she said, that's, that's fine. I just would like you to not sleep with other people. And this was right around um, a time in me where that, that felt right. And I was like, oh, that, that's all right for me also. And something happened that was just so sweet uh, where um, because there was no pressure or expectation for it to need to lead somewhere, I could mm. just be with what was present. I said, I'm not looking to get married. I'm not looking to have kids. And she was like, cool, me neither. And I almost didn't believe it. Like I had to check in, like, is she just waiting for the moment where she's gonna twist my arm and trick me into this thing that, you know, she's she's trying to manipulate me into. And it, it really took some of my own calming my nervous system down. My cat just joined. Uh, calming my nervous system down and and checking in with my, some of my own baggage. And, and actually to be able to be with what was real, and realize that actually we were, we were aligned. And that enabled uh, me and her to be able to interact from this place of non-transactional love. Not, I'm going to do this thing so that you will lead to this place I want to go. But just genuinely from the sweetness of the moment. And like, I want to generously you know, do this thing for you or give this thing to you, not with an ulterior motive. Um, and so it's turned into the sweetest love that I could have imagined. And there's something about being in this dynamic that just has me continue to be a yes to it and continue to choose it because of how beautiful and generous and sweet it is in a way that in any relationship I've had in the past, it always felt like this needs to quote unquote lead somewhere. And it stripped the dynamic of the unconditional uh, generosity of, of love.
0: Yes. Oh man, I love that. I'm actually going to put this in the chat. Um, extraordinary bonus, extraordinary relationship secrets because I shared a few, um, but that one non-transactional love. We're gonna we're gonna circle back to that because I think there's a lot there. Um, but thank you for sharing that with us, Jacob. Uh, ben, how about how about you? How long have you been in your relationship, and and what were some of the origins there for you?
2: Um, I have been. Married with my beautiful wife, Sandra, since January, 2016. So we are heading up towards our sixth anniversary shortly. And, um, you asked for the short story of how we got together. So the short story is I moved her computer and now we're married.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, I like, that's my version. I told Candace she had a hot ass and, uh, Now we got kids together. Now you got two kids. The end. That's all you need to know. Well, if you'd like to share a slightly extended, slightly elaborated version of that, you know, were were you looking to get into a relationship? Did you pursue her? Was it, um, you know, how did that unfold?
2: Yeah. Um, I actually recognize a lot of elements in Jacob's story in my own. Um, I met her at work which for me has always been a absolute impossibility. Like if I I was never open to a workplace romance, Um, I was not in a place where I was looking for a relationship. I certainly wasn't looking to get married. And I (laughs) was very upfront about that. (laughs) Um, I, held nothing back it was a very interesting experience jacob you you talked about some people believe in love at first sight and that was absolutely not your experience mine was actually kind of the opposite in that sense um, my my experience was love before first sight it was this very surreal experience actually where i was i was going to move her computer at a place i worked at at the time and As I was approaching the door to her office, there was this, I knew like right on the other side of that door, um, over, over here, there was another coworker who I knew, and I had never even met Sandra before this day. And right in front of that door, there was a beautiful woman sitting at her desk. And that was the person I was here to serve. And like, there was this drawing, uh, just this recognition of attraction before I even, like, touched the door handle. And so I was, like, almost steeled myself and put out the br- prickles. And was like, I'm not going to show any sort of attraction or any, like, I'm not going to respond to that. It was a very conscious choice. And, uh, and now we're married.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you failed. You your failed, Ben. <laughs> uh, all right, so now... Our third panelist, uh, hold on a second. I'm going to do this real quick. My sound has changed a little bit, <laughs> but give me a thumbs up if you can still hear me, okay? Cannot hear. Hold on, hold on one second. Oops. One second. Um, uh, there we go. Thumbs up if you can hear me now. Okay. You to do that. Because originally she was gonna be joining from her own computer, but there was an explosion inside and she had to jump out of the building before it burned. But fortunately she survived for the grand reveal of our third panelist in the room with me. Ta-da! <laughs> let, me, let me lower the height of the desk here. Yeah, that's very good. <laughs> Where's the camera? The camera is that thing. Is that, okay. She's not trained to look at the, at the eyeball, <laughs> um, trained to actually connect with, with humans. But, um, we connect through the eyeball now. There we go. I I need
3: like a step stool. I'll I'll just lower it.
0: I'll lower it and just kind of hang out like this. It's very natural. Okay. Um, so what I asked, uh, we just started, so you didn't miss anything. Uh, you're coming in right for the, 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 to answer. They've each answered this question. So I'm going to ask you this question. Okay. And the question is, um, just to give people a context, you know, how long have you been in your extraordinary relationship with me. And, um, as the relationship, the beginnings of it, like, were you intending to create this relationship? Um, did you, did you make it happen? Did it just happen kind of spontaneously? What are the, some of the origins?
3: Wow. Okay.
0: (laughs) Short, short version, you know, not, yes.
3: Okay. Broad strokes. We've been together for 10 amazing years. Fantastic. (laughs) And no, I was not at all looking, out, looking for this. I was actually married. And there was a chemistry between us in the beginning. Aziz came as a student to my workshops. And then he kind of kept on coming and invited me to tea and stuff like that. And I had a little feeling at the beginning. I was kind of like, I should maybe keep a little distance because there's some energy there and then our friendship developed over time spending time together in friendship scenarios and uh in the workshops that he assisted and uh yeah eventually yeah even though I wasn't looking for it there it turned into to something else and I, so I guess it was we were probably friends for 9 months or yeah something like that before it became like a dating um, scenario and once it was dating, it took off hard and fast into transforming my life completely.
0: Hard and fast is my is my, <laughs> is my motto in love making too. By the way,
3: <laughs> we're both Scorpios, so we're we're dramatic,
0: extreme, quick changes. Yes. Um, okay, so uh, thank you for sharing that with us, Ben and Jacob, and. What I'm curious about is uh, when you when you um, when you look at your relationship and you uh, and you whatever makes it extraordinary for you, um, are you consciously doing something or practicing something or showing up in some way to to make that happen? Uh, because there's certainly about partner selection, right? But then there's also something about how you show up. And so is there a certain, um, attitude that you, you consciously bring to being with your partner or the relationship? Is there, are there certain things that you intentionally, you know, don't do because you know that that would really detract from the relationship. And this doesn't have to be a comprehensive list of everything, but what are one or two of the big things that you think that you consciously say, yeah, I'm going to do this or I'm going to show up this way or this, I'm going to be because this is what creates a, a more beautiful relationship. And for this one, I'm not going to kind um, of whoever wants to share first can can just unmute and share, and then we'll go around. And if w- if one of these questions, if you don't have a clear answer, no worries. We could it'll there'll be another one that you could always answer too.
2: There's what's coming to me is I used to have the experience or the belief rather that you mentioned earlier, Aziz, where like relationships just kind of. I believe that relationships started out best at the beginning, and then they slowly deteriorated over time due to misunderstandings or, you know, I hurt them, they hurt me. And then eventually all relationships devolve into just chaos. And then you have to go and make more relationships, or hopefully you're making more along the way too. And um, along the way through a few very interesting experiences, I realized, wait a minute, Um, When there is this like, oh, no, we're crashing and burning. That is not necessarily equal to destroyed relationship. Instead, that's an invitation for me to demonstrate my commitment to the relationship. When there's a misunderstanding or a miscommunication, that's an invitation for me to lean in and communicate more, to demonstrate a desire to understand and to do whatever it takes to first understand the other and also communicate so that I can be understood if the other person's open to that. Yeah. And the first few times when, when I tried this out, the first time was almost a fluke, but what I experience consistently every time, 100% without fail, is when I choose to do that and the other person is also willing to meet and, and like, okay, they're, they're up for it. The relationship always ends up better than it started out, be like before this. <sighs> Because I choose, because I demonstrate my interest in the relationship by leaning into that discomfort, by, by choosing to approach rather than ah run away, the relationship reaches a new level of understanding and and um, connection that was not previously in place. And this is something that I consciously consciously demonstrate and, and lean into and choose again and again and again, because all relationships experience, you know, we're two different human beings. We don't come with the, you know, equal past experience, equal belief, equal thought patterns. So there's going to be some mismatches along the way. And Mm -hmm. I view that as an invitation. It's like, all right, guys, let's, let's lean in. Let's, let's like, put the gas on down this hill so that we can make it up the next rise. (laughs) And um, that's what came to me when you asked that, what do you do consciously? One unconscious thing that I do is I do express, I love you in lots of ways. Usually like that's the first words out of my mouth in the morning, just almost unconsciously. It's comes out of this. Whoa. I love, I love being in a relationship with you. And, and it just is spontaneous mm-hmm. and hopefully expressed in many other ways beyond just verbally too. But that's, that's another thing that comes.
0: And, and even just notice cause we talked about one of the secrets being this open flowing expression of love in a variety of ways. And just notice the language you just say, if you look at someone and say, I love you and spontaneously saying like, I love being in a relationship with you. Right. It's like, it means a whole different thing. It's got a whole level of, uh, it, it's received differently. It's 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 um, so just that that little variety and that willing to express it in those ways and the whole it goes down and you punch it and you go over. We're gonna call that the Excite Bike um, extraordinary relationship seeker. If anyone play that game for Nintendo, anyone. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Jacob or Candace, do
1: you have a thought about this one? For sure, I'll I'll jump in here. Um, So when I look back at myself, and if I could talk to the version of me, let's say five years ago, I would say the number one thing I would offer me then is to really get into relationship with the part of myself that was using relationships to make myself feel secure in the places that I felt afraid about myself, about my life, about my future because going back to what I spoke about earlier about being able to relate with my partner in a way where it's non-transactional love, where I just love for the sake of loving, what I can now see is that the places um, that I would get the most, that, that, that would stop that from happening is if I am unconsciously using this relationship to soothe and um, and kind of uh, cover up a part of me that felt afraid and scared and insecure to not be uh, in this relationship or just to not be okay. And that's where the unconscious manipulation would happen in the relationship where it's like, no, 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 you got to do what I want you to do. Otherwise, I'm not going to be okay. So the number one thing for me and that I would, I would just offer here is for people to learn to get into relationship with the part of themselves that doesn't feel okay, and we all have that. There's nothing wrong with that. And then to, to not make that your partner's responsibility, or even if you're not in a relationship, to not uh, project that onto like, when I find that person, then I'll finally be okay in this way. But to really learn how to self-soothe, and this is kind of macro and micro, macro like as far as the relationship as a whole, but micro as far as moment to moment as well, just being conscious of the part of you that's like, man, I'm not okay right now. So let me go into my relationship to try to make me feel okay in some way. And there's definitely a place for communication and relationship and a uh, huge place for it. But one of the one of the blind spots that I've fallen into, you know, being a personal development junkie for the last 10 plus years is I'm like, oh, here's an issue. Let's work on it in the relationship. And that shit often causes more drama than, than is needed. And actually, if you can kind of do some of your own inner processing and kind of get some space from the relationship, and I think there's some ninja moves to be able to create safety to create that space in a way that doesn't necessarily occur as abandonment, but hey, I'm gonna take a little bit of space here, an hour a day, whatever it is, figure out how to get right with myself and or maybe lean into my support network, my brothers, my sisters, whoever it is to help me get back to center get clarity on uh, what's present and then show up in the relationship um, in a way where I am grounded and not needing somebody to be different than they are in order to uh, satisfy and soothe my insecurities, which again are normal to have, but can end up creating this manipulative uh, dynamic in the relationship.
2: Whoa.
0: That's, that's
1: really good. There's a
0: lot there. There's there's a lot there and a lot of truth in that. And um I think there's a lot of dysfunction and breakdown that can occur in relationships. So then people attribute to not good fit or incompatibility or whatever. That's actually coming from what you're describing and they could be a beautiful fit for each other, but it's just not that awareness or responsibility uh, of that, of that part. So awesome. Thank you, Jacob.
3: As I've been thinking about this little session today, I've been thinking about like the the idea of the spiritual path that sometimes people talk about, about like walking the razor's edge and it seems applicable to me in in this question that I've I've always consciously practiced being willing to be humble and develop um, wisdom as I go through this relationship because anything uh, can be applied, like you can lose your balance you know, in one direction or another. So if I prioritize my needs too much, then I'm going to fall off balance this way. But if I focus too much on giving and always being of service, then I can fall off in the other direction. So it's kind of like being able to, um, practice different things and then see what is needed in the moment. So in general, I would say I focus on, on, um, my own growth in the relationship to like give more to be able to just keep keep giving um and hmm i'm sort of losing how all this ties together but <laughs> You have to forgive me. I'm like going from like complete chaos with my Kid boys mode. and <laughs> trying to make my computer work and share your secrets to like, yeah. <laughs> so there's so much that, so, okay, that so I want to share. One thing that, I
0: hear you saying is like, there's, there's a quality of, see if this is on, on track. Yeah. Like there's an, ex, in order to have an extraordinary relationship, it requires this ability to give maybe, maybe more, maybe to, to kind of. And though there's also like just give everything is not necessarily the answer.
3: Well, I guess I've been in other relationships where I did that and the other person wasn't also doing that. So I think part of what makes an extraordinary relationship with a Z is that he's also doing that. So I've had relationships where I've been like, I'll just keep giving more and, you know, I'll love this person into their best self or something. And I, that, uh, is a recipe for a lot of pain. Mm. (laughs) But when you're having two people who are both like, wow, how can I, oh, I could stretch myself here and, and then that's met by the other person, then, um, then it, it really works in my opinion. Yeah. So, for instance, if Aziz is like, I'm going to go out and, you know, do these 50 mile uh, things around mountains. And, you know, we have kids and a new dog and whatever. And to just be like, I want to have what lights him up. So I'm going to grow myself Mm -hmm. in my capacity so that he can have that. And, you know, and then on his part, he's also seeing what lights me up and helping me have that. And, you know, so together that's fireworks.
0: Yeah. And I think that there's something, there's a way that if, the, if there's not an awareness of that, then there can be like a, okay, I'm going to give, but then they, there can be this contracting, like, well, I'm going to give less. They gave less. So I'm going to give less. No, you can't go do that thing. Cause I couldn't do that thing before. And what we always come back to is like, and look, you, maybe you have feelings about like taking the kids and the dog while I'm running around a mountain kind of being like, Hey buddy, you know? So being able to, we, what we talk about is like, instead of just contracting and giving less, why don't we look to give more and then, um, talk through whatever comes up. And, and if there's an issue with that or a challenge with that, like, let's not just, uh, preemptively start to, say you can't have what you want and shut down, let's say, well, what do you want? Okay, well, that's hard. I don't know how I'm going to deliver that, but let's keep exploring. And that's for me as a former nice guy who's like, oh, that's going to be a burden. I'm not going to ask for anything here to be able to say, no, this is really important to me. Um, How can we make this happen? And then when we do, of course, then I'm like hungry to be like, well, how do we help you? What do you need? What do you want? And there's this beautiful... um, Instead of it, a contracting cycle, it's like an expanding cycle of giving.
3: And While that's the priority, then I guess on the other side is also is being vulnerable, like Aziz is saying. So it's kind of like, yeah, I want to light you up and I feel insecure sometimes or I've ha- I'm having pain. and And that's where this razor's edge part comes in is like, yes, I want to be vulnerable. And I don't want to be to the point of being needy. So that kind of comes back to what Jacob was saying. Like, if it's to the point where I'm going to be vulnerable, but there's nothing he can say that would soothe or help me or whatever, you know, then it kind of becomes almost like an energy suck where it's just like, ugh, it's almost an energy pour that pulls from the other person. Then I really need to go tend to myself. I mean, I could say, I could name that because he's going to feel it anyway to just say, whoa, I'm in a pretty energy poor place now where I don't think anything you say or do could help me. So I'm going to go, you know, tend to myself. But if I'm always tending to myself, then I might need to also reveal myself to him and share what is some of that that I'm tending to. So that's what it's like finding that, um, that wisdom and balance. And part of how we find that is by fucking up. Like we make mistakes and we hurt hmm. someone or we withdraw too much and do too much of our own work without unveiling ourselves. So it's like we get little nudges by our internal sensations or falling out of connection. And then and then we come back and we and we try again.
0: Hmm. Great. So my next question uh, is going to be controversial. We might have some differing opinions here. I mean, we've got to spice this thing up. We're going to go Jerry Springer here. So no, not really It's much more tame than that. But um, I think uh, um, uh, uh, people have a, uh, an ideal or a wish or a fantasy of like openness and you can just totally be yourself and, a, and share an, an honesty in a relationship. Like that sounds really appealing, maybe beforehand. <laughs> and then you, people have an experience perhaps of getting into a relationship And then honesty being like actually a more confusing thing than that. And like, did I say too much? And, and I said, I was said what was true. And then my partner's freaking out and maybe I shouldn't say what is true or, or they said, I want them to be honest. And then they shared something with me. And then I like totally shut down and (laughs) overreacted and maybe we shouldn't be honest. And then, you know, on one side we have kind of a, a maybe a, a cultural default, which is like, yeah, just don't talk about sex. Don't talk about money. Don't talk about this. And, no problems. And I think people here are actually called to something different, right? More authenticity. So how do you see honesty and authenticity in a relationship? Do you say everything? Do you not talk about certain things or, or anything else that's coming to you when I, when I bring up that subject? I, I think you all have unique perspectives and wisdom to offer here. Ready, set, go. No, whoever, whoever wants to go
2: for me this has been like a it's an ever-evolving journey there are some things like recently we've been working on especially I would say me I've been working on being more and more open and having more vulnerable conversations around money and it's not that we haven't necessarily talked about that in the past, but I feel like that's an area of growth right now, both for me personally and in our relationship. And so my experiences with all of these things, it's like this ever evolving kind of thing there's as our relationship grows and develops and we run into new circumstances or new levels in these certain areas that we may have covered before, It's like, okay, here's, here's something more that feels a little like, what do we do? How do I approach this? I don't, and, and it's, it's a, it's, I don't know. It's like, just how do I navigate it? Is, is the question that I ask myself. Um, How can I navigate it in a way that brings more freedom, more power, more empowerment and more safety and trust in our relationship. I know uh, just from a, many things I've studied that trust is a core piece of our relationship. And anytime that I do something that that breaks trust or per, is perceived to break trust, that's when our relationship suffers the most. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it's like um, freedom is the core thing of their relationship or or creativity or power dynamic or balance. There's different things. Mm-hmm. And so my, one of my focuses is to, to help maintain trust. That's important for any relationship, by the way, It's, it's not like unique to me, but um, so it, 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 to me, I guess, just to answer your question is this ever evolving experience of how do I navigate? I don't, sometimes I don't know how to navigate it. How do I talk about money now in this circumstance, in this situation, at this point in time? I don't know. I don't, I usually don't know. It's like, I haven't been here before. I don't know what I'm, I don't, I don't have the map, but I'm going to do some trailblazing. I'm going to do some exploration. I'm going to try stuff out. And even when I mess up, even when I get triggered or am the trigger in my wife, my commitment is to an extraordinary relationship. And when I, cause, you know, I'm the trigger for pain. Then I recognize, okay, was that my intention? If it was, then I need to work on something in myself. And if it wasn't, then I need to continue to demonstrate that I love her in maybe other ways. Maybe giving space is a way to show that I love her. Maybe leaning in more and saying, okay, I messed up. I didn't mean to, I understand why now, why what I said hurt you? And that wasn't what I meant at all. Please forgive me. Can I try again? And that's how I navigate. It's kind of messy sometimes. And it doesn't always turn out the way that I want to. I go into the conversation. Yes, I'm going to show how much that I love her. And I'm super excited about this. And, the, oh. and it's like, all right. Um, how can I do that again? But that But That's the question that I ask is, how can I do that effectively? Not was that the right thing to do? I'm never doing that again. It's, I know this is an area of growth. How can I do it in a way that is effective and, and re- preserves or enhances trust in our relationship? Did I answer
1: the question? <laughs> mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you, Ben. Yeah, I would echo what what Ben is saying especially in regards to a lot of this just being figured out as you go. And so today we're going to be talking about some concepts and they're almost like training wheels or like good form that you can try like when you shoot a basketball to snap your wrist and it's like, "Oh yeah, that's generally a good thing to do." But if someone's about to block your shot, I don't know, maybe you got to go up and, you know, extend over it and that's not the thing to do. So please take all of this just as, uh, at least what I say as like an air of experimentation and maybe just expanding your perception of ways you can relate, but that this is not necessarily the right way to do it. Um, So that said, here's the right thing to do. No, I'm joking. Uh, so, so that said, here's here's a framework that is helpful for me. Um, and this is an oversimplification, but I, I almost imagine there's a, a child in me, an inner child, and then like a wiser self. And the same thing for my partner. There, she has an inner child and like a wiser self. The danger happens when the inner childs start to kind of have battle with each other or get triggered by each other. So the, the practice that I'll, I'll speak to that I was mentioning before is just to notice when I feel triggered or like my inner child needs something. And then to just watch, am I going to the relationship to try to soothe that child? Now, it's okay to do that at times, but if we're not really conscious about how we do that, In my experience, it can lead to a blow up, especially if you've experienced some emotional trauma in your childhood, which I've experienced a lot of, and I'm I'm imagining a lot of people here have as well, because then there's like two traumatized children going at it like, I'll fucking show you, just wait, right? And it's like, doesn't lead to a good place sometimes. So for me, what I wanna do is I wanna recognize, is this my child uh, who's activated? And a very simple way you can know that is if you just close your eyes and take a deep breath, and and just say, what am I feeling? Okay, I'm feeling sad. Oh, I'm feeling nervous. I'm feeling panic, which actually is something I felt a lot in previous relationships. And then that'd be step one is kind of closing your eyes, taking a breath, saying, what am I feeling? And then on a scale of one to 10, how intense is that sensation or that feeling? So let's say the feeling is, I don't know, sadness. If sadness is, let's say at like a five or more, that probably means that your nervous system is dysregulated, AKA your inner child is now going to be the one calling the shots. And so what you want to do is just recognize that and then almost bring your, this is a ninja move here. So this is going to take practice. And in the moment it's going to feel really Herculean. It's going to be a hard move to do, but this is, this is what we want to practice is to notice can I bring my wiser self, or can I just find that little 10 percent of me that has a higher consciousness and actually parent the, the, the younger part of me here so that they start to feel safe and um, figure out how I can help give them what they need? So here's how this ties into your uh, Jerry Springer question is these as far as you know, do you share everything or not? If my inner child is the one who's really activated and really triggered, my answer is no. Because I think I'm just going to create more of a mess unless I'm able to bring some of that wiser self, higher version of me, grounded me to number one, myself. And then as Candice was saying, even sometimes just even if it's just a drop of that version of you, even being able to say, hey. I'm not in a good place right now and I can feel the part of me that wants you to to fix what's going on with me but there's probably nothing you could do so I just need to go take some space for myself and this is this is one place that I would definitely not um you know high level when that inner child is triggered I would not recommend trying to go into some like you know keep it 100 share your truth be authentic as fuck like but not not the place in my book
3: mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had lots of experience with that, too, of sharing from – and that's a great metaphor, Jacob, The from that part and thinking, oh, we're just being honest. But then I remember one time early in our relationship that Aziz was even saying, like, I resent your special diet, which normally he was very spacious it about it. Came it came from a
0: book that told me to do that. <laughs> it says, sit down with your partner. It, come, it came from like Getting Real, which is actually a great book. But hey, as Jacob was saying, not, extra, not everything is for everybody, right? You got to find your own way. And, but in this book, people that followed her technique had apparently found relief from clearing the air and sitting down and having a conversation and getting real and saying, you know what I resent about you? And then saying what you resent. And I'm a former nice guy. I'm just These guys are shaking their heads. They could have told me it would have been bad. But anyway, I'm like a former nice guy and my relationships all disintegrated because I wasn't real. And so I'm like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Like, we got something good here. Let's work on it by pummeling it.
3: I think it so, said take 10 minutes each. And once, but once the train got going, it was like, hey, I can just keep, yeah. well, maybe we did 20 minutes each.
0: Just really get into that. <laughs> so, felt terrible. We sat down on the yard <laughs> and, and, and the house that I was the yard, the house I was living in, and we sat down and it was like, here's what I resent. And I remember when I was getting into it, I was literally coming up with stuff that I didn't actually resent. Just so I could say. And that's when the special diet. I was like, and I resent that you have all these special needs to your diet. But actually, I didn't care at all. I don't know why, you know. And then she's like, oh, yeah, well, I resent this. And it was just, it was a shit show. And then afterwards, we were like, hmm, I don't think that exercise worked for us. So let's not do that ever again.
3: But within Jacob's, uh, the way he was describing from the higher self, though, I would say we talk about most everything, if not everything. That that's just seems to be a need that we both have and that nourishes both of us. And I'm not saying every relationship will be that way, but we've experimented with different things and we seem to thrive with that kind of raw and real and higher self perspective. So we still might say, oh, I'm struggling with some insecurity or jealousy or something like that. But as far as going into the inner child and describing every aspect of it and because you did this and then you said that and then I felt this, you can probably even feel the energy when I start describing that. It starts just feeling like, you know, it's heavy. So, So not in that detailed way, but from a more, from a higher perspective.
0: Yeah and I you know it's interesting Ben you're talking about the core thing the core um, need of the relationship or shared important priority or something we never talked about that but when you were saying that I was like oh, I don't think trust is for me in there because it's sort of like the trust is almost just implicit it doesn't seem to waver in my experience I don't that's not something that I like it's threatened or challenged but I do think um, authenticity or sharing being fully seen and known seems to be at least one of the top things that we both are, are needing, and then maybe the okay. trust and the love emerges from that. Um, so I think that's an interesting thing to reflect on. What's what, what's one of the core um, priorities of the relationship?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. Okay. So what's our time. Okay. Um, we're gonna do one more question, and then I'm gonna do some rapid fire stuff. Before we complete, so this one is. Um, let me see. I, I had a couple and I want to just pick one because we don't have time to do all of them. Okay, this one I think is relevant because someone uh, <laughs> someone watching this, you know, there's a lot of lessons, and someone watching might be like, okay, all of they're like talking at like a very high level of communication they're like well in this moment i'm aware that my inner child is feeling this, and so i'm over here doing that i'm gonna and they're like i've never talked like that in a relationship before my my partner's not talking like that like i don't know what you got you know so there can be this sense of like okay yeah like if you're a personal development you dedicated your life to that maybe you can do that so i guess to bridge that gap you know what are some of the because you didn't come out, you didn't start that way. And I know, um, from your, some of the stories I've heard from each of you about growing up, it's not like that was modeled growing up. Right. So, okay. Give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. Was that modeled growing up in your home? You know, right. Just to clarify that for people watching is like, okay, they're not like, oh, they, that's how their parents were. No. So you've learned this and you've grown that, uh, grown in this way. What are some of the, and This doesn't this has to be an exhaustive list, but what are some of the things that you have learned or done or studied that have helped you be able to communicate have that skillful communication just so people can get a sense of, and maybe some, some breadcrumbs of what they might study or learn as well.
2: It's fascinating. The first thing that comes to my mind is, is language. So my wife and I both are sort of bilingual um, we are bilingual and know some bits of other languages too. And both of us are involved in like translation and, and interpretation and stuff like that. And for me, that has, I mean, it may not be for everybody here, I know, but the, the awareness that people speak different languages, that has been extremely helpful for me. To be aware that, okay, like w- what a person is saying, the words they're saying, don't necessarily mean what I might think they mean. And that awareness helps me to not latch on to the words, well, you said that that one time. But instead, it helps me to to. Like to, to really interpret, especially if you're like talking, if you're doing simultaneous interpretation where somebody's just talking and then you're talking alongside them, um, or any kind of translation or interpretation, you've got to know, like, what would that person, if that person was speaking this language that I'm translating into, how would they express that idea? So, words are just like an expression of, of an idea that's wordless. And this, oh, the awareness of this—I hope this isn't too like, "Whoa, what's he talking about now?" But but understanding that words are representations and symbols of ideas and emotions—that has helped me to tune more into what's really behind this. What's the real message that this person is saying? Because they might be saying, like, my wife might be saying, "Well, how, you know, I I didn't feel, you, you didn't let me know about this." that you were going to do this or that the plans changed. And I can either take that as, okay, every time plans change, I need to make sure to let my wife know. I'd be useful in most cases, but what's really underneath that? Why is she, why is she asking for this? Why, like there's something that she felt there. And these words are an expression of a feeling and it's not the concept. It's like this underlying idea or feeling that, that's really needs to be addressed. She feels ultimately that I don't love her. Like that's really what's going on. It's not the fact that I have to every single time tell, you know, communicate within five minutes of any plan change that it, it's not about that. Mm-hmm. And and if I understand that, that, that thing beyond the words or underneath the words, then I'm not caught up in this like, oh man, I gotta remember all these rules. And also I'm not, it, it enables me to kind of like understand beyond those specific things. Oh, it's not just when plans change, but she likes to just have a sense of what's going on. So if I'm making new plans then also communicate that because that's where she, how she feels loved. And if I forget to do that, then I can remember, oh Yeah. I'm so sorry that I forgot about that. I, I really do love you. And I was just thinking about tons of things at the moment and that got dropped and will you forgive me to demonstrate that I love her. That's ultimately underneath everything. And, and in one way that both relieves me of having to keep track of an infinite number of rules, but at the same time, it allows me to tune into something greater and deeper and almost like catch things ahead of time. So in one way, like that concept of language actually helps me to, to tune into the, the things that are underneath language and not get caught up with words themselves. So that's helped me one of many things. And of course, emotional uh, intelligence, everything that Jacob has said so far,
0: totally hundred percent along with that. <laughs> um, understanding trauma that's helped a lot as well.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Ben. Yeah. And I'll, I'll jump in. Ben, Ben inspired me. I didn't know what I was going to share and then hearing him share. Um, one of the challenges for me in answering this is I know different people are in, in different places. So you might be dating, looking to get into a relationship. You might be in a relationship just starting. You might be in a relationship thinking about leaving. Um, so, this is the best I got for all of you right now. Um, there is, in my experience, most people have a masculine essence or a feminine essence. And it doesn't mean that just because you're a man, you have a masculine essence or just because you're a woman, a woman, you have a feminine essence. It also doesn't mean that because you're a man, you shouldn't have uh, access to your feminine energy. In fact, I think you should. I think that's the upgrade of, you know, the conscious man these days is actually where we are developing range to feel our emotions to be in our heart. So please don't take this about old school gender norms. But I will say that in my experience, I have more of a masculine essence than my partner. She has more of a feminine essence. So here's the here's the cheat sheet. Here's the hack, okay? Here's what you can know kind of in any situation no matter what's going on. If you're in a relationship with someone who has a feminine essence and there's conflict happening in the relationship, she's upset about something, 90% of the time, in my experience, you can assume it's one of two things. She doesn't feel loved or she doesn't feel safe. So no matter what she's saying, and this might be controversial, we might be going back to your other question, no matter what she's saying, you didn't do the fucking dishes, the kids thing, you know, the bottom of it generally one of these two things, she doesn't feel loved or she doesn't feel safe. So keep that as a kind of compass for you to not get swept up and lost in the narrative about the problem. Breathe a little deeper into your nervous system, see how you can ground yourself, take a few deep breaths, generate some safety inside of yourself using your breath. Now I know I'm using more advanced words here, but just stay with the overall high level. She doesn't feel loved, she doesn't feel safe. And it might, and let that lead where you go from there. And I know this is a brief answer. Uh, We're going to keep it that way. So I won't go into the details of that, but have that. If you're the feminine and you're in a partnership with a a person with a more masculine essence, he's upset about something, not always, but generally it's going to be that he, he feels trapped or he doesn't feel respected. So freedom has been compromised in some way. My, my partner she, it rarely happens, but she did it to me the other day in some way. She has, she made plans for me when I had other plans. And I'm like, no, what are you kidding me? I wanted to throw a tantrum. Like it just, you know, and I had to check myself. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on. The kid is real active right now. Um, so so again, just kind of use that as a, a vague high-level cheat sheet. What can I do to help honor this man's freedom? or to tell him how much I appreciate him or respect him. And usually that's gonna to start to bring uh, more love and more togetherness back into the dynamic.
0: I have to just jump in on something like that, which is, that's very true. And uh, <clears throat> I, I love, uh, I don't like cleaning anywhere in the house except for the kitchen. I like, if I can clean the counters and I can clean the dishes, it's kind of like a, um, a soothing thing for me, which baffles Candace because she's like, because we, we have someone that helps come clean our house. And she's like, why are you doing the dishes the day before they come? Just leave They're a big coming. Pile.
3: It's like late at night. The kids are late like going to bed. They're coming first thing in the morning. I'm like, we could just, you could go read to the kids and leave the dishes for like, the morning. I need
0: this. I need to soothe myself. <laughs> so, but, but, um, sometimes I'll, I'll be doing that. I'll be doing other stuff. I'll be doing a lot throughout the day. And, um, you know, Candace might feel like bad, like oh, he's doing so much, or, or I maybe sometimes in a I go to like a more resentful place, like look at all the stuff I have to do or whatever, and then you know Candace will go to like trying to solve the problem, right? Like, well, maybe we can, I can do this instead, or you cannot do this or that, and really what I'm wanting, and when I mean, you said it, Jacob, I was like totally, is her to be like, I totally appreciate and respect how much you're doing around the house. And I'd be like, yeah, it's almost like a little kid, like, yeah, yeah, I am doing a lot. And then I'm energized to do more, right? And so it's just a funny, these things that you're pointing to, um, they're not necessarily rational, but if you get sucked into the nuance of the the most rational way to solve the problem, and it solves it for no one often, right? Because it's about these deeper things, so... Yes, and what what are your thoughts on the communication?
3: Oh, okay. Just one little thought on the tail end of that is uh, Z started doing this. We learned this some years ago from another teacher, but keeping like a little notebook that's about how your partner is wired. So when you figure little things out like things that really make them feel loved or those kind of comments, like he's giving me a little a little clue. That it'll work over and over again. He's wired that way. So if I say, "Wow, I really appreciate that. I respect the way you do that." to just know, "Oh, that lights him up. That gives him a lot of energy. That's how he's wired. You can keep a little notebook of these things. It's like a manual of you know how your partner works. And it's a loving thing to do. So I feel loved that he, he has a, a note file in his phone about those things as he figures them out about me. Um, and then, so I love this conversation, how we're seeing for some of you who are, who this seems far away. Uh, The knowing even what an inner child is and what it feels like and what does my higher self even feel like that? It's just kind of uh, 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 painting some strokes of where where you'll experience this down the road and then we can look at okay where how do you get started on that path if this is totally new so some of the first things for me i remember a book called people skills i imagine that book is still around somewhere so it's about just basic how do you listen to someone how do what is an i statement and why do you use an i statement instead of saying you did this like oh I experienced this and I felt this. It has a way different impact. So it tells you, you know, just basic skills on how to let someone know you're listening and you're with them and how to talk when you want to assert something about yourself. And I'm sure there's lots of other books like that 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 you could work with. I think a basic underlying uh, helpful energy to bring to it Is just curiosity when you're that you're being curious to learn about yourself and you're willing to learn and you're curious what the experience is of the person you're with and then bring in some boldness with that curiosity so you're not just sitting there wondering that you actually ask like ask some questions how did you feel when I just said that Um, I saw your face change like to mix in observations with questions like oh I felt like we were really vibing and then something shifted, did you feel that happen? What did you notice? Uh, And to just let yourself, just to notice, you might be feeling curious anyway, and maybe there's something holding back, but you just say, oh, I really wanna know. And if you're afraid about how it's gonna land, put that in too, like, I really wanna know you. So that's why I'm asking this. I I appreciate, you know, if you can tell me what you're experiencing or, or what shifted there, so. And then also to um, put some things out there about yourself. Uh, Even if you don't know if it's inner child or it's higher self or whatever, you can just in general say, oh, I noticed I just got contracted or I'm feeling self-critical now, or I'm so excited that I don't know what to do with myself. Just somehow unveiling things that you might be trying to play it cool, like practicing with some authentic statements about what you're experiencing. Um, I think just being willing to be humble too, of like, uh, I think relationship takes uh, some humility and some pride so we can value what there is to value about ourselves and also be just willing to say, hmm. to say, I'm sorry. And I don't know everything. And I don't know what I'm doing here, whatever the, the thing is to be willing to, to, you know, have a, a dance between those two.
0: And we, we, we saw that in, Ben, some of the examples, the hypotheticals he gave, he says, like, I'm sorry, you know, please forgive me, or can you forgive me? And I feel like I I was sharing um, just how we text with each other, and we'll say, like, I love you, but the the flip side of I love you is I'm sorry. And I'm sorry is an expression of love as well. And then there's the the four statements from uh, Hope and Opena, which is I love you, I'm sorry, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, and thank you. And those four phrases if you bring saying more of all of those into your relationship it will in your life (laughs) it will uh, only magnify the extraordinary so because of time i'm not going to ask a specific lightning round but we will have a final word um is there anything like a, a zinger on the way out or as the term that candace and i like to use a whiz bango (laughs) <laughs> anything you just pow and people are like, whoa, and their faces melt. No pressure, but uh, blow everyone's, blow mind, everyone's well. mind on the way out. No, no. But anything that we that we didn't get to or that just pop into your mind now or something that was said by you or someone else that you think like, hey, this is really useful or anything that you want to close out with. and And if you said, listen, I nailed it on my last answer and there's nothing there, then that's 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 fine, too. I don't feel like I nailed anything. That's like
1: my
2: own (laughs) internal sense. You need more pride, Ben. Yes. (laughs) I'm awesome. Uh, But one thing that was coming to me is two things briefly. The extraordinary relationship that you really like deeply want, not the one that's colored by what you learn from the society and all that stuff, but the one that you really If you tune into what what would really be awesome, just so awesome and alive, hold on to that because I believe that is within us for a reason because it is designed and meant for us and is available. And as you hold on to that and don't settle for anything else, that will guide you toward creating it. So hold on to that that vision, that, that desire, that deeply fulfilling dream that you have because it is available and you can create it. And it requires your boldness and, and courage and humility and all that you have to do that. But it is possible and it's worth it. The other small thing is, what Aziz mentioned, and of the, the fourth phrases of Ho'oponopono, gratitude is magical. Mm. Gratitude is one of the most powerful tools that I know of, both to transform myself and to work magic in a relationship. You cannot overuse true, genuine, deep gratitude. It is, on the contrary, never used enough. So practice gratitude willy nilly with reckless abandon and uh, you'll reap tremendous
0: benefits from it. (laughs) Awesome, thank you,
1: Ben. Thanks, Ben. Beautiful. Yeah, um, one of the big discoveries for me that has most liberated me and created the deepest love that I could imagine to be possible Um, has actually been to let go of what I thought relationships were supposed to look like and be open to what was and get out of my mind in the sense my mind is very good at judging oh I don't like her shoes or oh you know like it'll come up with some bullshit that doesn't really mean anything or my to my ego my ego is going to come up with judgments oh she's not in that kind of job or oh whatever and sure I think it's okay to have and even a good practice to have a North star. Um, But what I've found for, for me at this phase, not that this is right for anyone else is to get out of my head as far as what I think it's supposed to look like and to get present to what is one of my coaches once said like interview your body. So let your body, does it feel good when you're with this person? If it does, well, who cares that they don't make a certain amount of money? Or who cares that they come from that kind of background that your family might not approve of? Like, how does your body feel around that person? And trust your body. Trust how your body feels. Um, and the last piece I'll say here, which which ties into this, is um, it was it was so hard for me even being a personal development junkie and reading all the books and all this shit, it was so hard for me to actually get into relationship with the part of me, the shadow part of me that um, felt like I needed to be married by a certain age. Otherwise I would look like I'd be like the 50 year old creepy uncle. Like that was my shadow fear. It's like, my nieces are going to judge me. And, uh, and, um, and so I would just you know, Candice said, bring some curiosity and some boldness to what expectations you're putting on yourself for how your love life is supposed to look. And if you just want to have sex because it's open-hearted and beautiful and feels good and feels dignifying to yourself and other, do it. If you want to be monogamous and not have sex until you're married or never again for the rest of your life, and that feels good to you, do it. But get, as best as you can, get into relationship with these parts of you that unconsciously are trying to tell you what things are supposed to look like and have that courageous, uh, bold curiosity around what actually feels good and and stay present to that and and let that lead you. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, man, love that.
3: Thanks, Jacob. (laughs) Uh, Just a little tiny fun thing in our relationship, we'll do do do-overs. Uh, okay, I'll share about do-overs and righty pants dances because they're just fun. So you can see this is like in the area of humor. We bring a lot of humor to things. So do-overs is just like we didn't like the way something went and just say, you know, that that didn't feel good. And I wish I'd done something different. Can we do it over? And then I think it really makes it, uh, a shift in our bodies and our energy. Um, probably affects our subconscious, like as if that is how that event had occurred. So we'll just go, you know, like rewind. We do this with our kids too. And it's very healing for everyone involved to just act it, act it out over and say something different and see the different path that, that it takes if we did the, the more vulnerable or the more honest thing. Um, so it's a, it feels like it's a generous thing on everyone's part to, to let the do-over happen and a righty pants dance is like if you disagree about something of what's gonna happen or whatever then we will offer the other one oh you were right i was wrong let me see your righty pants dance <laughs> and so everyone in our our family will just like do a dance and be like oh yeah i was right oh yeah that was me you know like i got it
0: <laughs> and you really get to relish yeah. it when you do it yeah. you're just like mm,
3: i'm so oh, right. I was I'm, right it feels yeah. good to be right <laughs> and then we also just kind of make fun of ourselves too sometimes or like laugh later about an interaction that went horribly awry we will kind of exaggerate the thing that we did that was off and like oh i wanted to control you so bad and you make a joke about it and and that feels healing too
0: yeah awesome thank you thank you ben thank you jacob thank you candace um there's each one of those things that you said is a whole is a whole hour of exploration. So there's so many gems here, and um, you know, uh, there's there's as you're watching this and you're you know you're taking notes, whatever. There's there's getting what's being said, and then you can also trust that you are you are. Remember, I said everyone is uh, everything is either a warning or an example. So you can just receive the modeling and the 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 mindset and the unspoken um, energy of what each person here is sharing. And just know like, oh, wow, being around this, seeing this, hearing about this, even though I don't know how all yet, uh, has an effect on you and is upgrading your capacity for relationships and um, and everything you want to create in your life. So thank you all for being here. You are obviously, Jacob, if you want to, uh, well, we're going to be break out into small rooms. If you want to stay and be put in one of those, you're absolutely welcome to you want to hop off. Uh, thank you. Let's, oh, by the way, let's um, let me put it to gallery view so you can see everyone. And, and I encourage That's you fun. to do that as well, Jacob, to put it to gallery. And, um, and then let's give them the universal sign language symbol for applause, or as I've been calling it this weekend, the fingers. Uh, and thank you. Thank you for being here.